Hey everybody, you're listening to All Clear, the show that helps firefighters maximize their potential physically, mentally, and professionally while having fun along the way. I'm Travis McGaha, your host. Over there is my co-host, Eric Stevenson. Settle in, grab a snack, and let's go. Hey, good to see you again, Eric. Um, we're getting this technology thing figured out, I think. So, uh, anyway, just to kind of follow up, uh, you know, where we were last time, it's been a little bit of a little bit of a bumpy road. I know it's been a few minutes since we put out our last podcast, but I think uh, I think we got our ducks in a row now. So, last time we talked about who you guys are at the Peer Support Network. Um, so, I, I maybe a question or two for me. Maybe that would be appropriate, so we can make people realize we're not weird over here either. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good starting place. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the Cancer Alliance, how it got started, when it got started, and what your affiliation with the organization is. Okay. Well, currently I am uh, on the executive board. Um, I work with specifically with uh, educational programming and also with outreach. Um, I also am officially listed as one of the co-founders i sometimes that feels like a like a heavy thing to carry but um you know some other really great guys have helped make this thing happen so when i say i there's we's and us's in there so it's really complicated complicated sometimes um but basically we were born uh out of the midwinter chiefs conference from the north carolina uh association of fire chiefs meeting that they have in concord north carolina every year and back in 2017, we became incorporated, received our 501c3 status, and set up our organization, which focuses on uh, education, um, peer support, and then also we're working toward um, documentation and providing um, different resources to smaller departments and large departments, too, so that they can set up their own cancer reduction uh, programs. Very nice. That's super important information that needs to be out there to every every department, every organization. Um, what cool things have you got coming up here in the in the near future? Any projects that you're working on? Well, we've got a few things that we're uh, mid swing on, so to speak. Uh, we've got our uh, RIT pack, which is our thumb drive that is for uh, peer support uh, for cancer. Um, cancer diagnosis patients um, also for their families um, has lots of important resources to make sure that they're covering all their bases um, in fact I know you were involved in that project a little bit um, yeah. we're still working with that um, we're also um, working on our Blue Ridge grant right now we're getting uh, applications pulled in for it um, we're going to be offering three $1,500 um, awards uh, for western central and eastern parts of North Carolina to help, uh, you know, uh, underpaid or underprivileged departments uh, to be able to have a little bit more money to do screenings and take care of all that important health-related stuff. But apart from that, we're still working on the software that we received our grant for. Um, you know, that that's something that uh, it is uh, Firefighter Connect HQ. Uh, it's on Android and app stores. Um, so all that stuff is still going, but I'm really excited about uh, our new Fire Within program. And I'm pretty sure you're going to talk a little bit about that too um, because we're partnering up on that one Uh, you know we have kind of understood that um, you know if you're not careful cancer can become a one-trick pony for lack of a better term 
and our organization is we, we don't believe in tricks in the first place um, we're, all, we're all business when it comes to it um, but the biggest thing that we're shooting for is to um, look at the overall wellness of a firefighter and I think you and I have discussed kind of offline the fact that it's not just cancer it's not just cardiac but it's everything from what you eat to how much you sleep to your mental health and wellness right absolutely um the even just the the non-job related stress that an individual can encounter throughout the the day the week the month whatever else um can affect us on the job just as much as it does off the job um and those stressors can affect us both physically and mentally and if we're if we're not taking that holistic approach the all-encompassing approach of taking care of ourselves, um, it can lead to to some bad things for us throughout our careers. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, one of the things that has always bothered me is that, um, I, and I'm sure you know this too, the fire service tends to be very reactive as opposed to proactive. And it seems like every every year, every five years or so, there's a cycle where what what's the what's killing us right now um you know it was cardiac a couple years ago then it was cancer um now we're dealing with mental health and wellness yes all of these are things that affect firefighters without a doubt but we've already rolled past cardiac it seems like i mean they still talk about it but it's not the it's not the big thing anymore like it was and cancer has kind of disappeared off the radar a little bit um so what i'm trying what i'm trying to help people understand is we don't live in a cycle it's all all the things all the time so to speak so i don't ever want to devalue any one thing but you know from our perspective you know if you look at um you know trying to recover from a cancer diagnosis yes you're physically sick um, but at the same time if your mind isn't good your recovery won't be good if your family's emotional condition isn't strong then you may not have the support you need um and having cancer stinks there's no longer short about it i mean it's just bad whether it be physically mentally whatever the case is and we've got to stop that cycle and uh you know sometimes it's uh looking at it as a whole and that's something that we've come to really appreciate in the last year or so very cool yeah that that is uh that's hitting it right on the head you know the you've got to have the support system um you have to be mentally prepared for these battles and you know, you compare it to being on the job um you know we've got to be mentally and physically prepared to be able to do the job and we have these stressors or these diagnoses that we encounter you know along the way if if we're not prepared up front to be able to how to handle those situations you can only imagine what the outcome is going to be yeah you know it's interesting that you talk about that how far the attitude helps um met a guy that i work with not necessarily at the concord department where i am professionally but he's at a nearby uh, entity and we were talking, and he said, yeah, I've, I've got to go to the hospital this afternoon. And I was like, oh, well, you going to visit? And he said, no, I've got my cancer treatment this afternoon. I was like, do what? 
because he's, you know, the healthy, good eating, always working out, you know, super healthy, very muscular. And he said, no, I've got esophageal cancer. I've got stomach cancer. It spread to my ribs. And, and he told me how many feet of colon that he's had removed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. He said, no, I've had this for years. And, you know, it's in remission right now, he said, but I have to have infusions every, you know, I guess it's like every week or whatever. And totally blew me away because he doesn't talk about it. Everything's positive. And he's had, he realizes that as long as he stays positive, it helps push him toward wellness. And, and so, yes, the mental, mental attitude goes a long way in, in dealing with uh, any type of condition, whether it be cancer or whatever the case is. And that, that's awesome to hear. Uh, and that just brought something back into my brain um, that I learned, that I heard uh, actually one of my counselors tell me um, while I was going through my struggles and I was actually in a treatment center uh, trying to get my mental health um, under control a little bit better. And that mindset, um, he told me one afternoon that your mind resembles what it pays attention to. And if you're constantly negative or you focus on the negative, your, your whole persona is going to reflect that. And you, you're not going to have a whole lot of positive results if all you're focusing on is the negatives. And if you can get that cognitive shift to be on the more positive side, the outcomes are going to be more positive and we're going to be focusing on looking at the positives instead of concentrating on that one negative connotation of, man, I, I've had this diagnosis or I do have this diagnosis. I'm going through this rough patch right now. Um, so yeah, the, the mind resembles what we pay attention to. Um, that was the first thing that popped in my mind when you, when you told me about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, the other thing it, it, and, you know, I myself have not had cancer, but so many of my brothers at work have and sisters at work, um, friends, things like that. So it, it's, a, it's a real struggle, and, and, and I understand that. But, you know, I had the uh, privilege of talking with uh, a battalion chief um, the other day. Um, it's actually been a couple of months ago. I think I shared this with you. He was supposed to be coming to one of our classes, and he's like, hey, I can't make it. He said, our, our chief is uh, in hospice. And we're literally, literally going and helping him. And they were very focused on the situation with their, with their chief. And uh, the chief passed away just a couple days later. And when he called me back, um, he was riddled with you know, anguish. Um, the other battalion chiefs, everybody in the department was eat up, the family. But here's, what, here's the one that really, that really took me uh, for a loop. The fact it was a small community. The community was grieving over the loss of the fire chief. And I, I know, granted, they may not be the ones riding the trucks or, you know, be there shoulder to shoulder with us. But whenever a firefighter is sick, it impacts the community around them, uh, potentially, particularly in smaller areas. And it can, you know, impact a big crater around wherever it happens. But um, really helps to see why education for folks knowing how to handle that is very important. Yes, absolutely. And uh, when you see unfortunate things happen like that, um, you don't necessarily understand the, the impact that somebody might have had 
on a community or on a group of individuals until something like that takes place. And then the position where we are um, really brings things to the forefront of the importance of the community outreach that we might be doing with our programs um, of taking care of, of the public, letting them know who we are, what we do, services that we offer. Uh, and then that that's another avenue for us to be able to step into when we do see the community that is grieving or, or struggling through a difficult time that, Hey, we might be that, that little piece of hope that they need that day to be able to get through. And is there anything that we can do to get out there and, and try to help them? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, you know, uh, you and I have had the privilege of co-teaching um, before um, where we were teaching um, the leadership aspect of this as well. And, you know, that's something that is, uh, I think, frequently overlooked. We have all types of executive officer schools and fire officer one, two, three, four, and just all types of certifications you can get. But when I talk to battalion chiefs and and even company officers, one of the things that they say that they lack is training in how to deal with difficult conversations, how to talk about those things. What if somebody comes to me and says, hey, chief, I'm sick. I mean, what do you do? How do you handle it? And, you know, we, we test, we, I guess we t- pilot tested a, uh, one of those programs through Cape Fear Community College. And I think it had pretty good reception. Um, you were actually there in person. I was doing it remotely. Um, but do you think that those types of conversations still have value or are increasing in value now? Do you have an idea that you can't quite get out of your head and onto paper? Does your department need updated shirts? If so, you need to talk to the guys over at Studio Print Shop. We've been working with the guys at Studio on making some of our ideas become reality. Whether you need screen printing, embroidery, or graphic design, they have you covered. They're even working with the latest direct-to-garment printing technology to make your ideas come true. Check out their link on our website or go to studioprintshop.com and get 10% off your first order when you use the discount code ALLCLEAR. Studio Print Shop, creativity fueled by passion and vision. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm still... A strong believer that that needs to be emphasized a little bit more in these leadership programs. Um, you know, not necessarily on the the admin stuff and how to file paperwork and reports and you know disciplinary action. It's how how can you be a good human being? You know how can if you say that you have an open door policy, for example, what does that truly mean? And when you do have that knock on the door, are you going to be able to sit there and truly give that person undivided attention, listen empathetically, and be able to be there to support them? And the the awkward the awkward questions um, they are difficult. You know, when I was still on the job, you know, as a company officer. Um, Fielding those, yeah, it was strange. It was difficult. Um, But learning how to be a good active listener, uh, learning how to 
how to actually truly hear and understand what is being asked or what is being spoken by that other person um, and knowing how to formulate a positive response. Um, those are key qualities to me of what makes a good company officer. Sure. Um, and a lot of that comes down to to morals and ethics, you know, the way a person w- was raised or brought up in a particular field of work, you know, in our line of work at the fire service, um, you know, but not everybody has those traits and those qualities. Um, and unfortunately, that can put people in, in awkward situations and you, you just kind of, I know I've sat there with a, a blank look on my face before after asking a particular question. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, that, no, that, that weird, you know, awkward pause sometimes. Um, but yeah, the emphasis on that of, you know, how do you feel those, those awkward questions? Um, I teach fire officer classes, um, and I always run them through scenarios of, real-world things that I've encountered as a fire officer on the job, you know, whether it be in a tough question uh, or somebody coming in saying that they're going through a separation or they have had a, uh, a potential life-altering medical condition, uh, you know, just brought to their attention. Um, and you just see how people react. And it's like, whoa. I didn't know as a fire officer that I, I might have to field these kinds of questions. Well, you don't have to be a fire officer, you know, to be prepared to answer those questions. You, you have to be a good individual. You know, what would you do if your best friend came up to you and, and said, hey, man, I, I just got diagnosed with cancer or, you know, I just had a relative pass away? Um, how are you going to respond? And, you know, I, I think you're hitting a, a very important point is when you talk about the type of response. Um, I was talking with Joy Ponder, who is one of our um, one of our board members, and, you know, she is a cancer. I, I don't like using the word survivor. Hopefully at some point I'll come up with a or we'll come across somebody that has a better idea than us. But she made the point that don't give false hope. She said the worst thing you can do is, you know, you come and you talk to your you talk to your chief. Hey, I've got a problem you know, I'm going to have to deal with. And the chief first thing he says, Oh, you'll beat it. We'll get this. We got this. It's all good. We'll take this thing down together. Well, eh, maybe we hope so. But at the same time, if you're, if you're offering false hope, that's usually not good and can be more detrimental. So yeah, those are definitely things that, um, we all need, um, help on because I say stupid things all the time. You can just ask my (laughs) wife or my son, they'll tell you that or the guys that work for me. But, um, you know, honestly, I think um, there's a lot of forward progression in that. I know here in North Carolina, um, the North Carolina Association of Fire Chiefs, they actually have an executive officer school. And, um, you know, we've been offered uh, the opportunity to teach this program. We taught a early version of it last year. Um, This year we're going to have the Fire Within uh, program, which I think will be really neat. Um, so hopefully, um, we're going to come at this a little more educated, uh, using the, um, expertise from the folks on your side and also, uh, some of the, uh, expertise from all the smarter people than me that I work with. Um, you know, it'll, I think it'll come around, but, um, I just encourage everybody to start watching, 
Um, and the other neat thing is uh, we're going to make it available in a digital format. Um, boy, the pandemic changed the world on a lot of that stuff. But now we're going to have it available. So if you're in a small department in the corner of, the, of North Carolina, just using that because that's home, um, guess what? You can have access to it. We'll make it available to you. You can play it for training. Um, we'll make ourselves available in person if possible. If we have to do it remotely, we can. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, and uh, we'll be announcing more and more about that as we go forward. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that Fire Within program? Well, um, do you think it's okay to mention a little bit? I don't want to get. I don't want to give away to the farm yet. Um, you know, I was going to say we can we can give a little teaser. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Besides the fact there'll be really cool uh, challenge coins available. Um, yeah, you'll ha- you'll have to find those in person. Uh, yeah. But at uh, in August at the uh, South Atlantic Fire Rescue Expo here in North Carolina. Um, we'll be doing the release of that um, where we'll have pretty much a full syllabus showing what will be available. Um, we will be teaching it at the Executive Officer School here in North Carolina as well. Um, and then, um, you know, people can contact us. They can ask for it. Um, but the biggest thing um, that I think that will have a, a driving impact on this is that it's a holistic approach to dealing with firefighters. You know, we can talk about decontaminating your gear, clean cabs. I can scare you with numbers about cancer, um, but we're kind of beyond that now. We can talk about it, but we know what to do specifically with that. But we focused on that so much now we've forgotten the fact that, oh, hey, wait, I need to take care of my heart too. I need to eat better. I need to sleep better. Hey, I need to exercise. And that portion of it, we're going to try to put all the pieces together. Um, and then having the leadership conversations. And Eric, what are you going to be bringing to the table? Because I know you've uh, you've got a lot to offer as well. Well, we're we're going to be talking about um, the proactive approach to it, you know, and um, how to implement it, and really get the get the buy in of showing how important it is and, you know, leading from the front on this, um, that it is so important to, you know, a lot of people think there's a disconnect between the, the body and the mind, you know, the body and the mind are all one thing. We're, we're connected from the head all the way down to the toes. Um, and yes, the brain is a, is a weird, uh, weird creature in itself, but being able to incorporate all of it, Mm-hmm. as one and to approach it that way and approach it in a in a proactive manner instead of a reactive approach to it um you know the cardiac events you know we all know that one of the the leading killers in in our profession is cardiac related incidents and you know something happens and then it's like okay we put it under a microscope and what do we need to do to, to remedy that. Uh, what do we need to do to prevent it from happening in the future? Um, the mental health side of things, the same thing, you know, very reactive instead of proactive of how do we make sure that our people are resilient? How do we build a resiliency program, uh, to help them prepare for these incidents beforehand and not just, oh my gosh, we've got somebody that that's in the weeds right now because of this, how do we pull them out? Mm-hmm. And 
how do we prepare them and how do we get them mentally and physically prepared for the job um, and to be able to have a, a safe, happy, healthy career without having to overcome a whole bunch of obstacles in addition to the obstacles that we see on the job to begin with. Yeah, let's not so, make it too safe. You know, we have to have a little bit of danger to make our jobs fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's where um, where we need to be headed with these things is the the proactive approach to it and uh, encompassing every aspect or as many aspects as we can to make sure that we're we're going to be good to go. Well, I, I think uh, I think folks could be very pleased with the outcome of what we're what we're working toward. But the great part is people don't just have to listen to me and you, but we know lots of smart people, not necessarily us, but we know lots of smart people that are doctors and mental health and dietitians. And man, we, we've got we've got a whole gambit of people that we're going to talk to and include on this. So, um, you know, I appreciate you taking time, Eric, for us to talk a little bit more and try to reintroduce uh, ourselves a little bit. Um, so our goal is, is to have a new episode dropping um, every other Friday. Um, you know, I, I think we've got our technology ironed out now. We've, uh, we're, we're getting some wind in our sails and we'll be ready to roll. Um, Hey, I do have a dad joke I want to share with you because let's hear it. That's kind of my thing. You know, uh, my wife said that I'm super cheap, but I'm not buying it. Oh, I got some deep ones, but anyway, I figured I'd throw that out to you. You know, got to make, got to make everybody laugh a little bit, although that probably made have grown. But anyway, um, just to tell y'all how to get a hold of us again, I am Travis McGaha. I'm with North Carolina firefighter cancer Alliance. Uh, you can reach me directly at T dot M C G A H A at N C firefighter cancer.org. Now can we get a hold of you, Eric? Uh, easiest way is through my email address, and that is info at frpsn.org. All righty. Uh, very good. Well, again, Eric, thank you for your time, and we will talk to you soon. Thank Have you. Have a good day. You too, brother. You have been listening to All Clear, presented by the North Carolina Firefighter Cancer Alliance and the First Responder Peer Support Network. Please rate us on your podcasting app of choice. This show is written and produced by Travis McGaha and Eric Stevenson and recorded on Riverside FM. See you soon.